Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome in Hornets fans, this is Locked On Hornets presented by Hive Talk Live, it's Hornets Talk for the Hardcore Fan, I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, David Walker. That's right, Doug, no special intro today, huh? Just wanted to get straight to the point. Well, here's why, and and I'll tell you, we're, I'm recording this right now from the, the home studio, and mm-hmm. we're going old school here, David, you and I just wrapping this session, no fancy interviews or transitions, because... I'm in, and I have a good reason. I uh, we're remodeling the Gittimer.com studios uh, for, especially for video, because we're going live on YouTube and Facebook beginning in October, and so everything is changing. I'm gonna post some pictures on social media, but it looks really cool. We got some new equipment, and we're it's going to sound and look better than ever. Well, it has. You have no basis for looking better than ever, but it's going to look. That's exciting for the new season, the new studio. It's going to be a good one, I think. I'm, I'm liking the changes. I'm excited to see them. Yeah, and one change we really love is that we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and starting in October, we're going daily. We're delivering the best Hornets news and analysis every weekday morning. And as I said before, we're returning to live programming Tuesdays and Thursdays on YouTube and Facebook, so follow us on Twitter at Hive Talk Live for more updates about when exactly that's happening. And if you have a question, you have a comment, or you're interested in advertising with us, sponsoring the show, email us, buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. So, David, uh, we didn't get a chance last show to really talk about Olympic basketball, and a lot has happened both with Nick Batum and the French national team, but also the U.S. team, so I thought we could spend this episode talking about that, and then we'll talk about the name change for uh, the the Charlotte Hornets Arena Center Coliseum. We'll, we'll tell you what it's called now uh, here in a few moments uh, if you haven't heard the news already. But let's start with let's start with Olympic basketball because we're in the we're in the we're in the showdown now. We're in the knockout rounds where where it's it's all or nothing, and and it's been it hasn't been exciting yet. Uh, because both of these uh, victories in the knockout rounds were blowout victories, but it, it, it promises some pretty good basketball up ahead. But let's start with Nick Batum and the French national team getting knocked out by Spain in a, in a blowout victory for Spain. Nick Batum, zero points, zero rebounds in a knockout game <laughs> versus Spain. Uh, we've already covered how Nick Batum's performance in France or in uh, in Rio not indicative of how he will play in Charlotte this upcoming season. Past evidence supports that. But mm-hmm. you still have to be surprised that Nick Batum in a knockout game for his country comes up with zero points and zero rebounds. Very weird, right? I mean, there just felt like every time I watched that French team, there was some sort of funk or some sort of oddity going on. And we in an editor talked about it a little bit 
in previewing the Olympics just a little bit for the French team. I mean, you know, Tony Parker was in and out of the lineup. Um, they had a bunch of NBA players, but every time I switched over, they were all on the bench. So, uh, yeah, well, I don't know what was going on with that team. It sounded like they're, I don't know, are they like in a transition? You know, are they, are they, are they you know, transitioning to guys like Tony Parker out and some of the younger guys in? Listen, um, yeah, I, I think they, wasn't on the team. I think they need to transition their coach. That's what, what what I'm going to say. I, because honestly, like you look at this roster, and they've got Tony Parker, Nick Batum, Boris Diaw, Nando DiColo, mm-hmm. who has been in the NBA, played internationally, but played great for this for this squad. But I'm saying, look, if you have an NBA coach, if you have a, a decent college coach, or hell, I say even if you have Charlotte's Stephen Silas, who has no head coaching experience, professional or in college. I think you win. Like you win, you at least get to the gold medal game. You might you might not beat the United States, but there's there's so you enough. You think they should have beat Spain? Yes. No. They listen. They should have at least put up a fight because they've got yeah, they've got the they thing. they are they are styled or at least their makeup in terms of their uh, in terms of their roster is made for international basketball, but they don't ride their stars. And you know when you have Nick Batum telling Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer that. You know, in explaining this zero point zero rebound performance, that you know that's not what this team looks for from from me for for scoring or rebounding. I mean, really? Like, I, I don't I don't understand. He, he only took he only took three shots, and that there's I'm not con- here's the thing, David. I'm not concerned about Nick Batum's performance for Charlotte based on uh, based on that, but but it no. does it does make me wonder. That or or I guess it solidifies in my mind that he's he's not your typical like American superstar because I feel like if he was, I mean, damn the coaches! If if I'm getting blown out or we're about to be eliminated, I feel like a like a prototypical American superstar would have said, "Okay, I'm taking this thing over. Give me the keys. I want the ball, and and I'm going to score." And and it, it it didn't happen. And I, you know, he he's going to get the coaches are going to give him those opportunities in Charlotte, but yeah, it's just not his personality. Like I said, I don't think he's a prototypical, you know, American superstar who's going to say, "Okay, I, give me the ball, I'm going to score." No, and I think that's some of the the drawbacks some people saw with giving him, you know, close to the max deal, right? That he's maybe not the guy, not your guy, not the guy that you're going to give it to and build a franchise around. Which you know that, which is fine. And we've been over the contract situation before. You know, the market said a lot of that. They did what they, they had to do. But, yeah, you're right. I wonder if he, you know, views this French team. He's played it for, played on it for so long, right? And it, it is different than the NBA. And they ask different things of him. Maybe that's part of what he likes about it. You know, I mean, obviously he likes playing basketball. But in Charlotte, he is asked to do a lot more. He is a much more, much more of a focal point, especially for the offense. So, Maybe he just not that he's coasting or, or taking it off or anything, but I don't. Maybe that's part of the appeal, but it doesn't help looking. It doesn't help when you're trying to watch and forecast. You know what he might be able to do in the NBA. It's just a really odd situation to tune in and, and see what that team does. I mean, well, that's what they I'm have saying. One and game, it, maybe it, right to look good. If it, if it was an appeal to him to score zero points and get zero rebound, and he wasn't playmaking either. I think he only had one or two assists. Like yeah, if that's the appeal know. in a game where you're about to get knocked out in in a on the world stage, that would seem strange. I hope that's not an appeal. I, I would hope that Nick Batum would be frustrated by that situation just from a competitive standpoint. But but I think 
I think it's completely. Uh, yeah, here's not, the thing. I, I think it's completely fair to say that Nick Batum takes the NBA more seriously than than the French national team, which is good. <laughs> I mean, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. But I still, no need to worry. I mean, no. there was a lot of frustrations. No, listen, you, you, if you're if you're a Hornets fan, you, you love this. You love uh, that he. I mean, he only played 18 minutes in that knockout round, and now he won't have any more he's opportunities done. to you know um, tear an ACL, uh, hurt a yeah. foot. Yeah. I mean, he's done. He's done. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But, right. but but frustrating to watch, for sure. Yeah, all right. He's done. We're done talking about Nick Batum and France. Uh, we're, well, well, we'll talk about Nick Batum some more, for sure. We, we have our shooting guard uh, depth chart breakdown coming up on Tuesday. You'll want to tune in for that. But let's talk about the U.S. team. They get a win in the knockout round against Argentina. Kevin Durant, 27 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. The 6 assists, probably most important because the U- United States – in their recent, I don't know if you want to, it struggles, you know, for the United States. Um, but they, they've been looking for another playmaker without that pass-first point guard. I mean, that this team, you've if you've listened to a lot of other NBA podcasts that talk about the Olympic team, they all say the same thing. This team can use Chris Paul badly, that Kyrie Irving... Yeah. Kyrie Irving needs to play. I mean, that's why he works so well with LeBron in those finals, because he played alongside someone that can take the playmaking duties over. And uh, Kevin Durant finally stepping up and doing that. He was also 7 of 9 from beyond the arc. Impressive win, a get-back-on-track a get win, right, David, for against Argentina? Yeah, I think the start of that game was interesting because it didn't look like it was going to go great, and you could just feel everyone, at least online or on Twitter, which is always a good barometer, uh, kind of freaking out a little bit, but uh, you know, you got to wonder if they if there was a wake up call in any of those days leading up to that to the knockout round where all they were talking about was the struggles they were having and the issues with the team. Um, so maybe they snapped out of it, but yeah, they just had to. First of all, I mean, they hit some shots and just started doing some things better. But it was the defense, right, Doug? I mean, that's what everyone was harping on. They said this might be the best U.S. Olympic uh, you know defensive team, and we didn't see any of that leading up to this game. So. I think that's what the, the key was for them. Um, figuring out some of the right rotations was big, too. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can do about it now. It's not like LeBron's going to swoop in and, and, and play in the gold medal game. So they got who they they have who they have, whether they can you know create and distribute the ball like some of the guys that aren't there. You know, it's a different story. But I think they're doing what they need to do now, and um, I think they're probably back on track. Now, let's say they won't have some, some challenges, but I think it's looking a lot better. At any at any decent level of basketball competition, defense is about communication, and communication is about. I mean, you communicate better with people that you're uh, comfortable with, that you're familiar with, and you look at this team: right. ten first-time Olympians, six players who had never played in a major international competition. Okay, mm-hmm. so there there isn't that familiarity that you know Coach K and Jerry Colangelo wanted to build. It just didn't. It just didn't happen. Whether it was because Rio or because of injuries, right. it just. It's and this is not twenty twelve. Yeah. And the teams they're playing against have been playing together for the most yes. part. And you can see that. So that's a lot about basketball, right? The more you play together, and the more you develop that chemistry. And they just didn't have it. I mean, and it's kind of uh, you mentioned. I mean, a lot of people have written about it and talked about it, but that chemistry that they were trying to develop by building that sort of farm system uh, didn't come to fruition for this squad. So. That's where a lot of the hiccups, I think, came from, too. Yeah, absolutely. And the United States, and, and when we talk about hiccups, it's just, you know, not communicating on switches. They're getting, you know, you've got, um, 
you, they're getting backdoor cut to death. And, and if they yeah. have, if they have to play Australia again, I mean, it, that could be, that could be a real ball game. And, but Spain don't, don't at the same time, Doug, don't you think they're, they're not really thinking they're going to lose in these games, right? I mean, there's just some level of maybe not going full throttle out, especially before they got to the knockout round. Well, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, you, yeah. you could look at the quotes, you know, heading into Rio and and have that determined but i think it's been an evolution and i think it finally evolved as you said after after they were down 10 uh, in in that game against argentina and then they came out and started mm-hmm. playing i think that was the final evolution because it started as you know those those games those warm up games that they had pre rio they were saying you know we're going to blow everybody out and paul george said that that's what they thought you know heading into rio we're going to blow everybody out this is this is not a contest and then it became, oh wait, this this might be a little bit of a contest. We might have a little struggle, but ultimately our talent will win out. And then I, I think you know after uh, those few games against Serbia and France, they gave them scares. Uh, they 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 started to take it seriously. But you need, I think you need a team to start beating you to really wake up. And that's what happened against Argentina. So hopefully they extend that wake up call into this game against Spain. They will face off against a familiar opponent in Spain on Friday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, that tip. And if they do uh, happen to get by Spain, they will play for a third consecutive gold medal on Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Eastern Time. I say familiar, David, because the United States played Spain for the gold medal in 2008 and 2012. And a, a lot of these players on the Spanish team, uh, holdovers from that 08 and, and uh, 2012 team, uh, Pau Gasol playing extremely well for the Spanish team. Uh, his brother Mark, unfortunately not with the Spanish team, injured his foot. Uh, you've got uh, Ricky Rubio, Miritich, Rudy Fernandez. So a lot of veteran talent, a lot of NBA talent, and they've played together a lot. So, you know, Spain essentially, David, the model of international chemistry. Yeah, exactly right. And I think these guys on the Team USA, maybe that will make them, you know, bring them up a notch, right? I mean, they see some NBA players as well. They've seen some before, but I, I just think, you know, as they get closer to this gold medal and it's within reach, you know, win this game, you're playing for, uh, or you're going to get a medal no matter what, I guess. But th- this is about the gold, so I'm sure they're they're focused on that. And now that it's within reach, I think Coach K and those guys will have them ready to go. Not, it should be a good game, though. I mean, you know, the, the guys on the other side, you've heard some of the comments, especially from the Australian team, that – hey, um, we're here too, and they're going to try and go win it all as well. So it should be a good one. If the U.S. does get the victory, they'll face off against the winner of Australia and Serbia for the gold medal. medal. And as we said, both of those teams gave the United States trouble in uh, that uh, initial round. So fun stuff to watch. We'll be watching 2.30 on Friday, and or 2.30 today, and then 2.45 yeah. uh, p.m. on Sunday. Okay, let's talk about this name change Time Warner Cable Arena, no more, David. Now it, it will be the Spectrum Center. So you've got some remodeling going on within the arena, and now they're going to have to do some remodeling on the outside of the arena to put up Spectrum Center. And all of this stems from uh, Time Warner being bought out by Charter, and Charter calls mm-hmm. their cable internet you know, package whatever spectrum yeah the thing that they spectrum. the thing that they charge a little bit for and then then yeah two years later they charge a lot of bit for yeah you know that thing so they call that <laughs> spectrum and so it would be called spectrum center what do you think of the name 
It's a new name, Doug. It's uh, it's an old name. But <laughs> it's an old name, name, kind of. Here. But it's it's center. Yeah, it's Spectrum Center. I, is it Center? Like S uh, C E N T R E? It's not that. It's no. it's, it's, it's Center. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, this is just where we are, right? I mean, these these things are going to change names every once in a while. I don't think we're ever going to have the Charlotte Coliseum again. I, well, um, that's so. the thing, David. I'm fine with the Spectrum. What actually a little it just bothers me just a little bit, just a tiny little bit, is the center part because now we've gone from Coliseum to arena and now to center. And when I was talking with the, the good folks at Charlotte center. five, I went back and listened to it. And I realized that um, I'm not the only one that gets a little confused sometimes uh, that uh, Sarah Crossland called it, called the time Warner cable arena, the Coliseum. And, and that's, yeah. you know, that's fair because I, I loved the name of the Coliseum. Um, but well, they can't call it the spectrum though. Right. I mean, that was literally the name. But of why the, not just Spectrum <laughs> Arena? Let's just let's just decide. That's the thing. Let's just decide on what this building is. I don't I don't understand why that's, the building has to. That's kind of weird. <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, you're right. That's it's an weird. arena. It's been Bobcats Arena, right? And then it's Time Warner Cable Arena. And now it's I guess it's matured. It's a full blown center. It's a point. center. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it was a power forward. Yeah. Um, but like Cody <laughs> Zeller has decided that it's best if now it is a center. well anyway spectrum center that's the name uh and people immediately started wondering if you could call it the cable box still i mean i don't know how many people yeah i don't know how many people actually called it the cable box but if you did sure continue um go ahead continuity always good that we don't no no it's just does comcast people access spectrum from here what charter I don't even know. Chart. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyone that has Time Warner Cable Arena or <laughs> is gonna, okay. anyone who has Time there Warner Cable, I just want to say Arena now. Time Warner Cable will eventually have Spectrum. It's all going to okay. be a, all right. just a big charter rollout. And this is one. That makes sense. I knew that. I didn't know. I mean, I, I kind of had a hint that they were going to call it Spectrum because I just assumed from charter wanting to get that branding out. Um, yeah, but I knew that some name change was going to have to happen because Time Warner Cable is going away. It's going bye bye. But it'll All be right. co- it'll be cool when the season starts. I mean, everything w- has changed, including the reserves for the Charlotte Hornets. You've got they they've changed the bench. They've changed. Uh, they'll have a giant scoreboard, and they'll have a, a new name on the yeah. building. So it just makes me honestly. I just want to see some basketball being played in Uptown Charlotte. Yeah, or downtown. Either one. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, hey, can I can I say one more pet peeve before we get out of here? Please, please. And 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 I think it's honestly a little linked with my pet peeve about the arena versus center because a building mm-hmm. is a building. Okay, here's my pet peeve about Olympic basketball: the ball is smaller than an NBA basketball, and it is. It is. It is slightly smaller. It's why. I think certain teams have issues, and by certain, I mean the United States have issues shooting early on. It's because it's a completely different ball. It has a different feel. It has panels instead. It's not an NBA basketball. Okay, I'm fine with the panels, okay, if you want to change it up for international competition. But but the United States invented basketball, okay? I just feel like, why why would you make the ball slightly smaller because it's international? Like, we invented the game. You know, it's it's not if you played if you played the World Cup in the United States, we're not going to play on a diamond shaped soccer field. 
You know, well, it must not be too big of a deal, though. It's not like when the NBA switched to that. No, it's not. No, it's that's why it's a peeve. That's why it's a peeve and not a concern. That's the difference between a peeve and a concern. I'm peeved that the ball is smaller because (laughs) I just think principally a a basketball, since we invented it, a basketball is a basketball, an arena, a building is a building. Come on, let's just call the whole thing off. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I like some of the changes. I like I like the no timeout. What's the what's the rule? I guess the players can only call the timeout. Yeah, on the floor of the dead ball. Wait, that's kind of, some stuff's sure. kind of good. Is that right? I, I don't know. know. <laughs> we've, <laughs> we've been paying attention. Listen, I just want NBA basketball. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I I I enjoy. I'm a voyeur of international basketball, but I'm not. I will be honest here. I'll be honest with our listeners. I am not um, a connoisseur. You're just ready for some of those. You're ready for some of those instant replay reviews. No, no, you you need those back in your life. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) No, sir. No, sir. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get out of here because uh, we're again. This has been very informal, and I appreciate the listeners uh, joining the ride. But it's informal for a reason because we have done a lot of cool things to the new studio, and it's going to mean a a, a cool uh, listening experience and a viewing experience for you guys. So. Uh, thanks for listening, and listen to more of the Locked On podcast. We've got the Locked On NBA podcast with David Locke, and he's interviewing uh, famous people. Terry Stotts, Portland Trailblazers coach. Names. names. He's getting the big names. And uh, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, get ready for your fantasy basketball uh, league. Also, Locked On NFL and Locked On uh, football, fantasy football. So, you know, I know a lot of you guys are out there playing fantasy football, so go check that out. Uh, Just search iTunes for Locked On and they all come up. Uh, So thanks for listening and we will return on Tuesday. Again, we're breaking down the depth chart on uh, the shooting guard position. So that should be very interesting. And uh, part, what are we on now? Part four of our series. So you're visiting Charlotte for a Hornets game. We're going to tell you what to do after the game. So all of you uh, single adults without kids, listen up. David, you're going to have to take a time out. This is I'll what this to one out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't worry about that. This is what to do after uh, you you We're leave do, the arena. We, we are going to do one for uh, for dads, moms, and dads. We are. Hey, have quick. I actually? I don't think I've told you about this, but David, but we'll reveal it right now. I, I'm in talks to get. Uh, I, I don't know if you read this article on Charlotte Agenda from Jake Failing um, about 36. It was a uh, 36 hours in South End, and it was sort of a parody on these articles that come out about what you know 36 hours in charleston when you're when you don't have kids and you can do anything and spend anything right Uh, so he did a parody of that on charlotte agenda we're gonna get him on and talk to you you guys are gonna rap about what what to do at a charlotte hornets game when you when you got the kiddos so don't worry it's coming it'll be a short conversation (laughs) but i look forward to it All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you soon, Hornets fans. Let's swarm. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. 
at participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 31 17.